0: You know, we can, as we're looking and starting into a new year, how many of us took time to stop and think a few moments about how our life was last year? Are we glad that this new year we're venturing into? Are we glad that it's finally here and we're starting out fresh? We glad we got through last year, or maybe even ask ourselves, how did I get through last year? Look at some of the mistakes that we made some of the good deeds that what we've done, and ask yourself, what are we going to do this year? And a lot of people, when they, you talk to them about, or a couple of them I talk to, starting a new year, some of them's excited to see a new future. But then you got some of them that's kind of leery about starting into, it. it's all about change. Some people don't want to make a change. We have to stop and ask yourself, Why are we told in God's Word to examine ourselves even before we take to the Lord's Supper? Why are we told to examine ourselves? We're told to examine ourselves to to see if there needs to be a change. If maybe our life's not where it should be and get into it. This morning what I've done, because I said that we look at characteristics, we look at people's characters in the Bible, look at their characteristics, and hopefully we pick out a good person so that we can kind of follow there is happening a lot. Well, if we come here this morning, I've compiled a list of characteristics about everybody in here. We're going to go over these characteristics of each and every one of them and see if it's something that we want to follow or not. That kind of makes us a little unnervous, don't it? <laughs> kind of makes us wonder, uh-oh. But luckily, I'm talking to you, David. We're going to look at some of the characteristics of David. But if there was some reason we were sitting here and saying, I hope we don't bring up this characteristic. I hope we don't bring up that characteristic. That might be a red flag to us, examine ourselves. In this lesson this morning, we look at the characteristics of King David. David's one of the characters in the Bible Just by every time I look at it, I see a different characteristic or I see a different fascinating thing about David. Now, I'm not saying David is someone that we need to follow every characteristic of because David's like each and every one of us. He was human. But we see in the scripture the following characteristics of David. First of all, he was a mighty man of war. He was the sweet psalmist of Israel. He was a man after God's own heart. Today they might even say he's the man. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 10 through 13. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 10 through 13. It says, And again Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are there... Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for he would not he would not sit down till he come hither. And he said and brought him in, that he was ruddy, and was of a beautiful countenance, and godly to look uh, to, goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is he. Verse thirteen says then Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. You know, last week I talked to you about the sheep and the shepherd and everything. Here we see a shepherd, someone that was out, uh, to the sheep. These verses we see that, these verses here, that we see the anointing of David. David was one of the, the principal characters of the Old Testament. David was the second king of Israel, only David, right, successor to Saul. Of the three kings of the united Israel, only David served God faithfully. David was described in various ways though. There are several different characteristics in scripture regarding David. This morning, I want to look at four of these characteristics. First of all, we see the characteristics of David David was a mighty man of war. We see that in 1 Samuel 16 and 18, which says, Then answered one of the servants said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, a Bethlehemite, that he is cunning and plain, and a mighty, God man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Now so we see with this characteristic, is said, David is described introduced to us, David the warrior. Now in 1 Samuel 18 and seven, and the women answered one another as they played, and said, Saul had slain his thousands, and David his 10,000. He was a mighty because of his faith in God. Now 1 Samuel 17 and 37 tells us, David said, moreover, the Lord that delivereth me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine, and Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with you. How many times have we faced some kind of stumbling block or sometimes trials or different situation here and have that same assurance? Don't bother me because the Lord's going to carry me through it. How many times have we had to go and talk to someone? We just go in there and talk to them because we know whatever the situation you're facing god will take me through it or do we step back and say oh how am i going to get through this right here we need to put like david's example here put our faith and our trust in god first samuel 17 and 45. then said david to the philistine thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield but i come to thee in the name of the lord of hosts the god of the armies of israel whom thou hast defiled now while david's faith was great his name as a warrior was not valued as highly to God as the name of a peacemaker. We see that God won- God wanted a man of peace to build his house. We're told in first Chronicles twenty eight and three. But God said unto me, Thou shalt not build an house for my name, because thou hast been a man of war and hast shed blood. Now for these verses we learned that of this characteristic, David, we learn that faith in God is able to, uh, to overcome many adversaries. We also learn that God desires peace more than war. Now, another characteristic we want to look at David's David this morning is David, the sweetest psalmist of Israel, 2 Samuel 23 and 1. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 1, tells us, now these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse said, and the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweetest psalmist of Israel. So we see here that with this characteristic, we are introduced to David, the worshiper. Most of us, uh, we see that the Psalms, the book of Psalms were written, as we know, were written by David. Psalms 27 and 4. It's one that kind of sticks out and said, One thing I a desire to the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And then we we'll go on up to Psalms chapter 65, verse 4. Psalms 65 and 4. It says, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach thee, that he may dwell in the court. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. Then we drop on down to Psalms 101. I will sing of mercy and judgment unto, the, unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wildly in a perfect way. O oh, when thou comest unto me, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will seek no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A forward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person who so proudly slanders his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land and that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that walketh deceit, worketh deceit, shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. We've learned several things from these, this lot of characteristics. First of all, we learned that worshiping God is a blessing, not a chore. We shouldn't say, well, I have to get up Sunday morning and go to the Lord's house. I have to go to church. And uh, I have to go to church on Wednesday nights too. I have to go out and talk to people about the Lord. We should be happy that we're able to go out and talk to people about it. We should be thinking of the set of the blessing and the privilege and honor to go out in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Another thing we learn here is that God desires his worshipers to be pure. They didn't say that God desires his worshipers to be perfect. Said he desires them to be pure, pure in heart. And when we're pure in heart, we'll be pure in our thoughts, pure in our words, pure in our deeds. Another one is worship must be done in spirit and in truth, according to John 4 and 24. Now next characteristic I want to look at, or I'm gonna turn it over right quick to John. John chapter 4, verse 24. I'll make sure I got the right verse on that one. It says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit. And in truth. So it tells us here that worship must be done in spirit and in truth. The next characteristic I want to look at of David 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel 12 and 7. It tells us, and Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. How many times have we heard about something that happened or uh, someone believed a certain way or someone done a certain thing or didn't do a certain thing? And we get thinking, that's just the worst thing in the world. How could that person do it? And then God kind of reveals it to us. You know, whatn't too long ago, I sort of done the same thing. I was that man. How many times have we seen that we have messed up? We have messed up royally. And when I say you mess up, you mess up in life and you just messed up, hopefully you get it straightened out and you learn from it. But if you mess up, and something that concerns your relationship with God, that's when I think that you really messed up, Roy. But the good thing about our God is He's the loving heavenly Father. He shows His mercy upon each and every one of us, and it's through His grace that we can get forgiveness of that royal mistake, learn from it, use it to help teach others, let them learn from it, get it straightened out, and get our relationship with God the way it should be. We see with this characteristic, we are introduced to David, the sinner. We find the background to this characteristic in 2 Samuel chapter 11. We see that in Psalm 51, that David wrote about his own sinfulness. From all of this, we learn that Romans 3 and 23 tells us that all have sinned. So, no great, how great do you think a person is? We shouldn't put them above everyone else because Romans 3 and 23 tells us that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This shows God's great mercy. God loves each and every one of us. He forgives us of our sins. No one is too big or important that they cannot be touched by sin. One of the main important things we learn out of here is God forgive when we repent. Now don't say that God forgives when you ask him. I mean, if you go out and do something, you get caught doing it, you say, oh, I got caught, Lord, please forgive me of this. But it's when it's revealed to you, like Nathan revealed to David his sinfulness. When it's revealed to us and it really perches in our heart to the point that we're real penitent of it, and we earnestly and honestly ask God for forgiveness of it, then he forgives us. One of the final characteristics that David ought to reveal, or this scripture reveals, we see in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14. 1 Samuel 13 and 14. Samuel chapter 13 verse 14 tells us, But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has thought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Excuse me. How many we stop, we come kind of examine ourselves and say, so, you know, I don't feel as close to God. As I was before. Do you feel as close to God now as you did when you come up out of the water at your time of baptism? If not, we need to ask ourselves why not? God's the same place He's always been and always will be. We have to examine ourselves to find out that we're the ones that moved. We see here that, as I just read in 1 Samuel 13 and 14, it reveals David, a man after God's own heart. I'm sure if I ask each and every one, if everyone I think of as a Christian, are you a person after God's own heart? We think the answer is going to be, of course. That's why I go to church. But we have to ask ourselves, honestly, not answer out loud, but honestly to ourselves, are we really a person after God's own heart? If we think we are, what are we basing that on? Are we basing it on doing good deeds? Are we basing it on picking the Bible up, reading a couple of verses every now and then? Are we basing it upon coming to the Lord's house every time the doors are open? If we love the Lord, we'd be willing and honored. We'd think of it as an honor to go out and talk to people about God. Every conversation we have with people, well, it would just automatically come out of thing. But I was even thinking about it. Something about God's Word. Every time we make a decision, if we're truly, honestly a person after God's own heart, our decision will be based upon God's Word. We'll pray and ask God for His guidance. Most of all, we were willing to accept God's guidance. So it'd be told in our words and in our deeds. People can actually see them. We wouldn't be worried if someone brought up our characteristics and and talked about them. But with this characteristic, we are introduced to David, the saint. Here is the characteristic for which David, to me, is most remembered. Now we know a lot of people remember David's sin with Bathsheba. That's a lesson we can all learn that if you mess up, people don't remember. But we need to live our lives to get forgiveness for it. To be so dedicated to being a person after God's own heart that people will realize, or they'll say, you know, hey, you he made sure he messed up. But he got it straight, got their life back on track, and I feel safe. Because when someone has to give your eulogy at your funeral, it is so much easier giving one for someone you know that have their life in order for God than I've gave a couple of generals to uh, people that didn't feel like their life was in order. I felt sorry for that person, so most of all, I felt bad for myself. I had to ask myself, how many times have I actually talked to this person about hunting, about fishing? I Me. Mean, how many times did I go out of my way to talk to that person about the Word of God? How many times did we bother that person to take me fishing or take me hunting or take me out? just out and spend time with? A lot more than I bothered that person to talk to them about God. David would call a man after God's own heart because of his faith, his faithfulness, his devotion, his contrition. And God desires us to have his heart as well. God wants each and every one of us to have a heart after God's own heart. Isaiah 57 and 15, Isaiah fifty-seven and fifteen says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is a drift and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble. To revive the heart of the contrite one. Uh, Joel, the book of Joel. Chapter 2, verse 13. Joel 2 and 13. And rend your heart, not your garments. Turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of his evil. Here it's telling us that we are to render our heart, not our garment. When we see someone in need, we are to go out and help them. We're not just to, and I I had to have a talk with myself. When I'm riding, I'll see somebody broken down the side of the road. I always pray. and say, Lord, be with that person and help them. I'm sure the person appreciates to be praying for them. But I think you would have me if I stopped for a little bit, or at least made a phone call and tried to get him some help out and all. But here, we see in Psalms chapter 34, verse 18. 34 and 18, the Lord is high, is nigh unto them that are in broken heart, and save us such as to be a contrite spirit. Now, in conclusion this morning, David provides us with a valuable example of the relationship that God desires. To have with every person. Things I want to get out of this lesson this morning is I want to remember about David. He was a mighty man of war. He was a singer of Israel. He was the man. That that, that, Thou art the man. But most of all, and the one example and character I want you to really focus hard on making a resolution. I know a lot of resolutions has already been broken in the short time from the first years people make. But this is one I want you to really, really stick to. And I'm working on that prayers. But he was a man after God's own heart. As I said, to be a person at God's own heart, we are to study God's word. I don't mean just read it. We'll just read it, ponder on it, read it again, and study it. Be it the worship services. Be willing and able to share with others we come in contact with. And before we come to our song of invitation, I just ask you a couple of things. If you had not been faithful, I don't want to hear about it. But have that talk with God. David gives us a great example of faithfulness, he also gives us a great example of penitence. If you're not a Christian this morning, David's kingdom ultimately gave the way to the kingdom of God. Now, to be in the same kingdom as David's kingdom today, one must be a member of the Lord's church. You must hear the word. Romans 10 and 17 tells us faith cometh by hearing. You must believe with all your heart. Hebrews 11:6 6 for without faith it is impossible. Acts 17 and 30 tells we must repent of your sins. Matthew 16-16 tells us to confess Jesus as the Son of God. And March 16, 15-16, and 16, be baptized for the mission of your sins. So if you have need of any of these characteristics to get your heart, your relationship back in line where it's supposed to be in perfect harmony with God, or maybe you're going through some trial and tribulation, the devil's working hard on you. You need the prayers and the encouragement of the church. I ask you to come forward. Because, as our invitation says, it's only one step—one step in the right direction. I should come forward and stand and sing our song of invitation. Hear the sweet voice.